Welcome to Mojo Moments. I'm your host, Dane Calder, and with me is my smarter half, Mark Delinsky. Welcome to Mojo Moments. Wait, wait, How are you doing today, Mark? That's Mark that did the intro there. Hold on. Hold on. Well, then I'm going to change that around, my friend. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm sounding like Dax, eh, when I do that? Are you? Yeah, Dax said he... I've been listening to more Smartless because of you. Yeah, but I got a letter from Dax saying my welcome is trademarked. You can't use it. So on that note, bienvenue to Mojo. Did you actually? No, dude. No, we're bro. I mean, like any, that'd be cool to. Yeah, well, he's trying to get on my, yeah, he keeps saying, God, you got to have me on Mojo Moments. I'm like, look, dude, your thing's all about celebrities. We're just not into that thing. We're just into people mojo not 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 because they're famous anyway that's how i remember my conversation with dax so welcome to mojo moments again uh and i am your host thing calder and with me is get smart mark jelinski with a j at the end j j j j co-host of the click bait and switch podcast like comment and subscribe oh, you're always self-promoting dude well, someone's got to. You're not doing it. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good when I listen to it. Mojo Moments is not a podcast, by the way. No, it's a movement. I've decided it's a movement. And we're all here to get that mojo going after one year. Of what? One year of I what? Know. Mojo? I that, that Us? Our one year? Yeah, no. It is our yeah. one year. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. It's one year, one year since we started the mojo movement. It's no longer a podcast, it's a movement. Can it also be a lifestyle? The Mojo lifestyle? Dude, we're starting a brand. We're up, like, move over, Branson, here we come. Move over, Goop. <laughs> Mojo's coming in. So so we've been doing this one year. This is our one-year happy birthday lessons learned. We're into the lessons these days. Let's stop calling it a lesson. Let's call it just, like, our movement. That sounds wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right? Dictums. The, the, the mojo moment. Dictums, because a movement is something that happens in a bathroom. So, what have you learned this year, buddy? What are your dictums of one year in the mojo? <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with something better than dictums. Um, there's a lot. It, it was it was definitely an interesting experience going through all of this. I thought I was just going to ride shotgun and let you go solo ball on this podcast, but that's okay. I'll jump in. Um, well, I, I, I actually wrote down because I was like, I'm going to write down five things because I have – do I have five fingers or do I have four homework. fingers and a thumb? Is it five? Uh, you have five appendages on a hand? Appendages? No, dude. They're not, a, no, they're not appendages. They're five digits. Not I have appendage. five digits, but are they fingers? Anyway, I, I went with five. Just seem right when I look at my hand. Are you ready? Are you I'm, Googling yes, that? I'm so ready. Okay. Yes. I was Googling appendage. Well, no, that's not good. You and your dictums. So here's my dictums, five dictums from one year. And Mark, feel free to chime in and make them sound better. Okay. Here's my first. Number one at the top of the list is that I believe... That audio rocks. Do you want me to make that sound smarter, or why it doesn't sound? You just asked. I, I just. I want to know what, what's my what's my leash on this. I don't know. You can you make. You want to jump in now? Well, or let me it, just explain, and then you can go in and clean it up. Okay. okay. My thing is, um, look, 
all new to this podcast world listening. Now I'm like diving in and I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with audiobooks, but I'm going through and just embracing the whole world of podcasts. I, I actually go out of my way at times. Like, you know, the kids are like, can you drive me to the ski hill? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, can you pick me up 10 minutes later? I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, it gives me an excuse to spend time in the car listening to podcasts. And I just think in this world where we're so video heavy, you know, we're obsessed with Netflixy and YouTube and all that stuff. I think the audio is is brilliant. I think I think it's a beautiful medium. I'm very excited by it. So you want to make that sound smarter? Well, yeah. I mean, one thing that's so fantastic about audio, especially the way that we consume it now, is that everything, just like video, is on demand. So for the longest time, there was radio, and everyone kept predicting the death of radio. But then radio went online. You have iHeartRadio and all that sort of stuff, and went on demand. So, you know, humans as a species, we we love hearing stories, and we love listening to stories. So audio was never going to go away. And the fact that, you know, podcasts, however many years they've been around, it was sort of the natural evolution of that type of radio style storytelling, but done on your own terms, which is what we've come to expect from everything from video to work to anything. We expect it on our own terms from food delivery to it doesn't matter what. So yeah, audio is fantastic. I think it's fascinating that you had not listened to a single podcast before doing a podcast. Uh, Yeah, I was a bit late to that party. Yeah, somewhat late. Anyway, moving forward, when you were just a little baby, I'm thinking of one of my greater audio moments prior to the podcast, (laughs) is because it makes me think back to the best hockey game I've ever watched, which is when the Canadians went all the way, I think it was a 93 or something like that, Stanley Cup. It was the first round they were playing the Quebec Nordiques. And and this just is, I'm having this sort of moment right now, maybe because the Canadians are doing well right now. But, but I remember I was driving from Montreal to Halifax and I was in the middle of somewhere in New Brunswick. Uh, that's what everyone says when they're in New Brunswick. I'm somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love it. Hey, hi, all the fans in New Brunswick. Um, but I remember listening. I think it was the final game, Quebec Nordiques versus the Montreal Canadiens. And it literally was the best game I've ever watched. And I wasn't watching. I was hearing the game as I was driving along on the Trans-Canada Highway. And I think despite my lateness to the party, to the podcast life that we are doing and making today, um, I think I deep down have always had this thing for audio. Like I'm telling you that that game was just epic. I, don't, I think there's something to be said. There must be some theory around when it is audio, it allows your mind to, to color in the story, leaves more room. There must be some serious science behind this. Yeah, because your brain has to, has to create the pictures itself so it almost becomes more vivid than when you're just passively absorbing those images. Okay, here's my second bit. So the first big lesson from doing a uh, the Mojo podcast this year is audio rock second one you know what everyone has a story worth telling you know we've had a diverse crew of people on in the past year you know we started out with andy nolman who is like high energy natural storyteller 
you know, and then and then we had like Shaldir Baban telling his own personal story of his battle with cancer, and then we always had podcast guru Mitch Jolon and Christiane Jalmay, who, uh, you know, f- she's not used to going on podcasts. She's the hotel uh, empress. I'm going to call her, uh, and everyone as they got in the groove, as you as you peel away a bit the some of the nerves. Some of them are a little nervous. I'm always a bit nervous when I'm doing the old podcast. Uh, that's why it's good to be with you, bro. You're holding my hand. Um, <laughs> so, buddy, uh, I, I, I really think there's something to be said. I think, I think everyone should dare to put that story out there and, sh- and put it and share it, man. Don't be shy. Yeah, and, and on that subject, like everybody has a story worth telling. You can always learn something from someone else. So, when Larry King passed away. Uh, There was a quote that circulated around, and and what it said was, I remind myself every morning, nothing I say will teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. And that's something that we learned going through this. You know, you ask these people sometimes personal questions, sometimes just professional questions, and and you learn so much from what comes out of it. It it was absolutely fascinating. Sometimes it was incredibly personal, like when we're talking to Charles de Brabant, or it was, you know somewhat insightful even andy nolman it was fascinating you just poke him and he, and he would go and he would tell you these nuggets of information that you can latch onto, and you it could change the the course of your life you know it's, it's fascinating see you always make it smarter number three number <laughs> three for me so i don't know which digit of my fingers i'm on but the number three dictum that's what we're calling them today is dare to fail is the, I'm going to put it out there, is the cornerstone of Mojo. I honestly think, you know, all the stories, even just doing this podcast is a dare to fail. Like, we didn't know that the world was going to come clamoring at our doorstep saying this is the best podcast ever, but we just put it out there. Um, and honestly, you know, if you hear all the different stories that people we've had the opportunity to speak with, that's a common thread is that that willing, and I think it's Brené Brown who talks a lot about vulnerability and getting into the arena of life, whatever your life is, and, and, and allowing, at least by going for it, you may end up on your face, flat on your face, but at least you're in the arena. And uh, to me, that's a big takeaway. Yeah, I think you saw it or you were, listening at something at South by Southwest that referenced that the Benet Brown daring to fail. And, you know, at the beginning of her book, she, she does reference that sort of it's Theodore Roosevelt had this sort of speech about the man in the arena, you know, and it's something that's really interesting. And then, you know, it's, you know, quite famous. It says like, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Wait, wait, wait. I just need to clarify. You don't know that by heart. Tell me you read that just now. I... I read the passage, but I knew it was Theodore oh, Roosevelt and the yeah, man in the still, arena. Dude, so that's why it was so easy to Google lied, and read. You could have just said, no, no, no. I just had that in my brain. But... <laughs> I and wish. I mean, it's a good it's one. It's good. The fact that you even knew, you know, Roosevelt had said such 
great things. Yeah, but it's true. Like all of all of the stories for everyone we talked to, there's a moment where they tried to do something and it didn't work and it taught them something either about themselves or what they could do differently to then succeed. So on board. Now, number four, dictum. I'm liking that word. Dictum four. I'm just rolling with it. Number four, dictum, be true to your 16-year-old self. Actually, this comes from, so, you know, in our rabbit hole five, often we ask a question, the last question is, you know, what advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? It was actually a cheat. I'm stealing their advice to be able to give it back to my own kids. So I have this, like, bank of, of dictums to give back to my kids. Uh, and But what's interesting in hearing the advice it's almost like they're giving themselves their own advice again today, even though they're talking to their 16-year-old self. And I think 16 is a really interesting age because it's sort of that, that in-between land between being a kid and thinking probably around the first time around then where you're starting to think longer term, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to university? If I go to university, why? Where does this lead me? And and I think it's one of those sort of interesting, tipping, edgy points in life. And I think when people give that advice, it actually triggers something in everyone's brain when they go, oh, yeah, what would I give my 16-year-old self? And I think just by them acknowledging and saying it and, and, and capturing that, that energy of what they were going through around 16 is really, really a huge insight on... on what we've been discovering through Mojo Moments. And I think be true to that, that energy, that innocence, that, that hopefulness, that, that awkwardness is, is it actually a really nice place to be. Maybe not for everyone, but I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, when you're 16, again, it depends on your situation. And, you know, we're talking with people who have, for the most part, succeeded, who have come from you know, pretty stable backgrounds. So being able to talk to themselves at 16 might not be the same as everyone. So there is sort of an element of that. But 16, for quite a few people, you know, for the most part in, in Canada, you know, that's a time period where you're you're young, you can make decisions, you can risk it, you know, you can do things that you wouldn't necessarily do later. Like we were talking the other day that, you know, a decision you make when you're 16 has a much smaller impact than a decision you make when you're 45. There's a lot more equity that you've built up in a lot of your other previous decisions when you're 45 that when you're 16 just isn't there. And a lot of people talk to that. It's like, you know, enjoy the ride or or take the chances or believe in yourself. And, and they sort of say all those things, which is really interesting. But as you were saying, it's kind of like they're saying it to themselves because there's an element of what would I say to someone myself to get it's interesting because it's either where would it get me to be where i am today mm -hmm. or what would i have done differently at that point that would have maybe taken me somewhere else yeah which is I don't kind know. of interesting to think about i think thinking about the 16 is super key absolutely i know you're more you're more you root it when you're later on in life and it's a little harder but i think even daring to allow a bit of that energy of not saying I can't pivot my career, let's say, when I'm in my 40s or whatever. Like, I think 
obviously you have responsibilities, you have mortgages or sure, but then that adds yeah. to the risk. That's yeah. the daring to fail. And sometimes the dare is a little bit larger. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's weighing those pros and cons that if you were 16, you'd be like, fuck it, you're abroad, let's do it. Woo. <laughs> and then Charlie Scott goes, Yeah, you're abroad. I'm gonna go do that. But oh wait, while I'm there, I can also do these other things and I can learn about this and oh, I can network here and it's super interesting. But you know, not everyone gets that chance. But there is that thinking of it, that daring to fail, that that being true to who you thought you would be at 16 is fascinating. Okay, so before I go on to my fifth dictum from one year of mojo moments, drum rolling and all that stuff will come soon. I have a joke. <laughs> you have a joke? Yeah, dude. It's not mine. I heard it the okay. other day on the radio and I liked it. And I'm going to just throw it out there. Did you know... That the knock-knock joke won a prize? No. Which prize did it win? The Nobel Prize. Oh. You get it? Nobel? Got it. Knocking. Just a laugh, dude. Because that is the setup, the tee-up, the the, the (laughs) moment that we're all be waiting for for number five. And the drum roll, do the drum roll thing. Is... I believe in the power of laughter. I think in the mojo stories, I think whether it's in, in people's lives, I think a lot of the times good mojos come from people keeping it light, lighting it up, and allowing even some of the worst stuff, the worst crappiest things or whatever hardship being allowed there to leave room for the laugh. Yeah. I mean, that's key. Um, as you say that very seriously without any laughter no but it is it's it's incredibly serious (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get jesus and cry about it i know this is where i break out a a big sob story about the importance of laughter but you know at work if you're not having fun at work life will be really miserable if you're not having fun at home life can be really miserable and you know laughter is an offset of all of that enjoyment and fun and if you're not having fun you should be trying to find some my dad actually told me a story and it stuck with me uh when i was really young he and a few people uh we're living in the eastern townships uh outside in rural quebec and um the um the place they work the small factory they're working at caught on fire Ooh. and uh, it, it, it was not good it's never a good timing to have a fire in the factory but they were teetering on bankruptcy okay like it was tough times mid-70s and uh and obviously everyone's outside at least it's summer and they're sitting on the fire truck shop and they're doing their thing and my dad was like well what the hell so he got in his car drove up to the depth the corner store and bought, essentially bought a, because there was like 300 employees at this place. And he bought out, I'm going to exaggerate, I don't know how many, but he, I'm going to say he bought out the corner store's supply of beer, <laughs> La Bat Saint-Cant, Laurentide, whatever it was, whatever brand it was, and came back and just gave everyone beer as they watched their factory burn. You know, like they couldn't do anything about yeah. it. And you might as well turn it into the summer picnic party. <laughs> That's what I took away from that, you know? But, I mean, you're making light of a terrible situation. 
we were we were doing things at the start of the pandemic where we would have these group meetings on Wednesdays. The whole agency would get involved and we'd dress up based on a theme. And it was absolutely absurd. But, it, you know, there was at least five minutes where we're all sort of giggling and laughing despite the fact that the world seemingly was crumbling all around us. Okay, so those are my five dictums, my friend. So five lessons from a year of Mojo Moments. Major, major insights. I'm, I'm thinking this is worthy of a book now. I think we're going to get, you know, a book going. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, my friends, thank you. Thank you for one year. I want to thank all the peeps for jamming away and all the guests and all the people that make the Mojo Moments full of mojo. Rocking us out is Mr. Chris Vellin. Cheerio, yo, yo. Cheerio.